this thing. So earlier today I was playing fucking Plague Tale, dude. What's Plague Tale? Plague Tale? Um, Plague Tale. Okay. Uh, T A L E. Okay. So it's 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 um how would I say? It? I won't say it's like an RPG exactly. Mm. Or, so it doesn't have like those character progression kind of skill trees. Okay. Um, it's 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 a story driven action adventure kind of game, but like very stealth focused. So you're like a you're like a thirteen year old, fourteen year old kid, and you have to um, save your brother. Okay. And it, so it's themed around like the Black Plague, mm-hmm. but instead of the plague being like an actual disease, it's it's caused by like a curse in the bloodline of um, the brother and sister. So the brother is like the carrier of that curse, and mm-hmm. like the Inquisition is around to catch him and like harness the plague for their own use and everything. It's such a weird story, but it's done so well. Like the voice acting is pretty decent, and it's a gorgeous looking game for all the death and like despair that's in it because of the plague. Mm-hmm. It looks so good. It looks so fucking good. Is this like an indie game? It's it's a five o five published game. Okay. Uh, I I I'd say like I would say it's kind of indie, but I'd say like it's a it's a a. It's not a triple A. It's like a A kind of game. <laughs> right, I mean? right. It's like a small like, studio. It's like a huge studio. Yeah, yeah, it's like a. This is like a slightly biggish studio, but not, you know, obviously gigantic. Yeah, yeah. But but it's a really good game. Like I I, I highly recommend it because it's it's not very difficult. Mm. Um, you know, there's no there's no like combat mechanics that you need to like master. Mm-hmm. The stealth mechanics are pretty straightforward. There's nothing like complicated about the mechanics. It's just how well you're able to put yourself in that environment, mm. how well you're able to perceive things, how well you can use the the few tools you get, mm. you know, and how you can upgrade like your weapon and so on. How you prioritize things basically. Mm. So it, it's not very. It's not like super open ended or anything. It has a little bit of customization, and it's a really really good. Like I, I love it. I think it's a damn good. I think 2019 is when it came. It's a damn good game. That's massive praise. But I, I, I yeah, I want to check it out. <laughs> Dude, I really recommend it. Blake what about you? Like, what have you played recently other than Yakuza? <laughs> yeah, so I have been playing a lot of. Yakuza. We'll get into Yakuza, I think. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I have been playing a lot of Yakuza Zero and Kiwami. Uh, still, just like getting through the series, but. Like on the PlayStation, I've also been playing a bunch of random uh, games that I haven't really been progressing through the story. There's Borderlands 3, uh, a bit of Dark Souls. The there's a one Lord of the Rings game, uh, Shadow of Mordor. Um, Shadow of Mordor. Yeah, yeah. Wait, wait, you're talking about Shadow of Mordor or Shadow of War? Oh, Shadow of War. Shadow of War. You're right. You're right. Shadow of War is the sequel. Yeah, yeah. Shadow of War. Yeah, so I've just been like jumping between those games, but Yakuza is definitely like the one that like gets me the most hype. I mean, yeah, it's it's Yakuza, man. <laughs> Have you played Seven? I haven't. I haven't. Uh, like, so I've only played Yakuza Zero. I'm starting in like chronological order, so I finished Zero, which is the prequel, uh, okay. by yeah, all yeah. means, and then Kiwami, which is the remake of One. So. I, two is next. Kiwami yeah. two is next. <laughs> I, I bought two, three, four, and five, so I just need to get through all of it. 
dude, seven. So like a little bit of trivia about seven. It <laughs> you you do know that's like a proper JRPG kind of thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, they changed. So like, do you know? Do you know why they changed it? It was an April Fool's thing. Like no. it was like a meme. No. It was supposed to be a meme for like the longest time, and then <laughs> the fans liked it so much. They're like, you know what? We might as well just put this as the game. What? This is this is something I heard like um. Oh, it, it was something I saw on Reddit or something, but I think this is like the actual story for why they changed the mechanics entirely from like a 3D arcade arena kind of beat 'em up thing yeah. to a full-on JRPG. Just knowing the 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 humor levels in Yakuza in the games, like I I believe it, but at the same time, it's like that can't be true. <laughs> I don't get it either. Yeah. It's like. I, honestly, Seven has such a good story. Mm. Like it is such a good story. Like you care for every single character you meet. Is Seven the, the same... like a dragon? Or is that the one before that? Yeah, like a dragon. Okay, like okay. Dragon. Uh, the one before that was Song of Life, uh, Yakuza Six. God. Yeah, but like a dragon is great. Yeah. Uh, you get a new protagonist. You know, new backstory and everything, and. Such a good protagonist. I'll get there. Genuinely, you care. I'll get to that point when Yakuza 14 is out. I think. <laughs> <laughs> it's just too much. Dude, there's so much. Yakuza Lord is something else, man. Cause like I- I'm playing through. Uh, I had the same experience playing Zero, and I'm playing through Kiwami now, and it's just like insane how serious the main storyline is. Like yeah. it's such a gritty like crime sort of drama about like the Japanese underworld and then you look at the side quests which you sort of like are thrust into at several points in the game and, and it's, it's just the like, goofiest what are these weirdest things that you could you could possibly imagine multiplied by 10 you remember that subquest I think it's in zero where you have to help a dominatrix actually become one yeah because <laughs> she, she, she's too soft <laughs> yeah <laughs> And it's just like, okay, what is this doing in my serious crime? Like, what is this doing in my film noir inspired crime drama game? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Where does this fit in? Yeah. <laughs> the uh, the entire it's... thing, like, in, in Kiwami, there's like this card fighting game where you need to collect yeah. like, uh, collectible cards and then create a deck and then your deck fights against the opponent deck. Like, if you were to just hear the description, it would sound like a watered-down Yu-Gi-Oh! or something like that. But then you look at how the game presents it, and for some reason, it's a, a, like the cards are themed as bugs, and you collect bugs of different types, and they fight and against all bugs. like models. But instead of real like bugs, you just have like scantily clad women. <laughs> and there's no reason for them to have done that, but they did it, and it's just in the game, and we need to accept it, and all yeah. of this while like a six-year-old is teaching you how to play in the game. It's just like, why <laughs> is this kid playing this it's game? It's so weird. So yeah, I mean, in short, definitely play Yakuza. I, I mean, mainly because it's such an interesting look at how certain parts, or, or I won't say certain parts, but like certain segments of the Japanese gaming sector approach mm. um, RPGs, how they approach, um, you know, open world games and like story-driven mm-hmm. games and so on. It's like because, because it's building on a lot of the the things that other open world and like story driven like those kind of like exploration mm-hmm. games 
create like you can think GTA or Saints Row like along those lines where you're exploring a yeah, city definitely. there's it's a lot of things that's going on around it but at the same time it's also like making fun of a lot of different parts of it because it's, it's not just making fun right like because it references i mean obviously it references michael jackson and like a bunch of you know huge pop culture icons yeah but at the same time it's very openly referencing parts of japan which like yeah, kamurocho yeah. is actually kabukicho yeah and, and like it's referencing the the lifestyle in those areas how crime actually works i mean i, I won't say it's like a hyper realistic take or anything mm. obviously it's you know dramatized and over exaggerated for the sake of like a good storyline mm. but at the same time it's so interesting that they take these real life elements mm. and you know kind of gamify it mm. and try and like work it into um a storyline that can you know that can be understood by westerners mm. and not just someone who is heavily uh, immersed in japanese culture mm-hmm. as someone who hasn't been to japan and only knows of japan through like some movies and like anime and video games mm. it's so interesting to see this and like do my own research about it like looking at you know um accounts of people who've traveled to kabukicho and yokohama and so on and seeing how uh, those parts that were depicted in the games how they kind of line up with the actual workings and so on So yeah, in short, play Yakuza. It's fun. It's a good time. It's a great time. Yeah, yeah. You will not you will not be bored ever while playing that series. For sure. Like another game uh that I've been playing a fair bit of is Ghost of Tsushima, which is another game that's set in uh I really want to play it so bad. I don't have a PS4, so like I I mean I'm locked out of like a bunch of games that I really want to play like Bloodborne and Tsushima. Yeah. So it's it's kind of sad but at the same time at least I have the soul series and Sekiro <laughs> yeah. to tide me over for some time. The fascinating thing about Tsushima is that it's mainly designed and developed and like a lot of it is done by a western I think American studio called Sucker Punch and mm-hmm. they have created a story about the entire samurai culture uh, of Japan and how the Mongols invade and like the battle between the Mongols and the Japanese and they've tried to give like homage and respect to a lot of different aspects of Japan uh at that time and just like the sort of aesthetic sense uh is not just like directly from like that specific time in Japan like they they clearly have worked with Uh, a, f- a really famous film director Akira Kurosawa like instead of working directly with him they worked with his estate because he made movies way back black and white type movies oh, yeah, about yeah. Sa- like uh, seven samurai right seven samurai I think so yeah yeah so like a lot of samurai movies and action movies and he had a very iconic style of direction and Tsushima sort mm-hmm. of like replicated that into a game so a lot more than other games you really feel like you're playing in a movie it's like an interactive movie cuz like the these scenes like the are uh, giant fields of flowers and you're riding your horse through it and your character will just like like lean over to one side and try to touch the flowers oh man like those tiny I, I, things I mean, I've just, heard yeah 
I've heard like the only game that kind of comes close to the way like the cinematic presentation, yeah. um, at least you know in in the past gen console, like past gen I mean pre- PS4. Mm. The only game that came close to that kind of presentation was like Red Dead Redemption 2. Yeah, I, and I heard people call Tsushima like just the samurai Red Dead Redemption yeah. 2. I haven't played and, like, Red Dead 2, but like I could see the yeah, difference, yeah. like the similarity. I can see the. Like from the cutscenes alone, I can like I haven't played Red Dead Two either, mm-hmm. but like from the gameplay I've seen and from the cutscenes and everything, I kind of see it because it's got this incredible cinematic angle mm-hmm. to to how like you ride into the sunset kind of feel. Yeah, exactly. You know? It really does feel like that, and even yeah. like the story cutscenes, like the like the non-playable parts of the game, even that is like very very well directed. Like very often, those cutscenes are the things I skip. Yeah, <laughs> like yeah, I'm yeah. Same, same. Like, like I can't, I can't sit through cutscenes unless they're good. Which is why Yakuza was such a huge. I, I mean, we're harping on about it, but it really is such an interesting series mm. because the cutscenes are phenomenally voice acted, mm. and like the story is gripping, and the but characters the are time, like super, like almost like iconic. Like each one yeah, has so, so much good. like real characteristics to them. It f- there's a lot of they depth. They feel like to- actual people. Yeah, they feel yeah. like actual people, you know? And it's very rare for a video game to have that depth of characterization across an entire series. Yeah. I, I mean, of course, there are weak beats. Of course, there are weak moments. Yeah. But, like, it's such a good series. Another series yeah, that mean, has okay. done that well was The Witcher, which is why it got so oh. much praise. I think more than just Witcher 1 and 2, though, it was Witcher 3, yeah. you know, because just how because of just how huge the world itself was how much you could interact with it, the the amount of content stuff within the game like i think i've spent more than a hundred hours on a single game file right. and that's not counting like the four or five others on which i've probably spent another 20 to 30 hours on each. Yeah. there's so much you can do in the video game mm-hmm. like you can i don't think I mean, obviously, at some point, you're going to 100% it. But even then, it doesn't feel like you'll be able to exhaust it entirely. There's always something for you to discover and, like, just explore in terms of the world itself. Yeah, Witcher 3 was a absolute... Um, it was a juggernaut, honestly, of, of, um, of, like, game design and development. Yeah. And only recently, I got a laptop that was able to play it on, like, Ultra, on, like, everything maxed out. Yeah. And it looks so good. It's such a beautiful game. It's been a few years, but it's still like it still it still holds up. Yeah, it feels a lot better than a lot of the other games that are coming out right now. Absolutely. I mean, and I just want to move away from open world games for a bit because I've Hmm. also started playing a bunch of Metroidvanias. Oh, okay. So, so brief context: Metroidvania is basically a term used. it kind of came out of SNES culture. Mm-hmm. So Super Metroid and Castlevania 4 were two of the biggest games on the SNES because of the kind of atmosphere they created. Super Metroid was like this heavy exploration-themed kind of space odyssey where the entire point was loneliness and like sparse music accentuating that loneliness. The point was you have to find your way through. Mm-hmm. And Castlevania is also kind of similar. Mm-hmm. But it's more gothic. It has more themes of like vampires and like zombies and that kind of stuff. It's more, um, I'd say B, I'd say like B grade horror film, but like a really good B grade horror film, mm. like like one of those classic like Dracula slash Frankenstein kind of horror films. 
Isn't Dracula a character in? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Dracula is like a main character in uh, Castlevania series, but but he's not like a vampire per se hmm. um, in the Castlevania series. Dracula is more like an agent of chaos itself, okay. <laughs> and all of that. But yeah, so Metroidvania is basically a term used to describe um, games with like heavy platforming elements, in usually immensely difficult, and you know that have this kind of um, atmosphere where the the experience is of exploration and loneliness and finding your place in the world so i i've kind of been getting into them a bit so so the big ones i've been playing recently are i mean salt and sanctuary hollow knight blasphemous those are like the big 3 you think of um, when you when you're talking about metroidvania so right now okay i have no idea i haven't been following yeah, this so so just to like give a brief overview Blasphemous is basically if you take Dark Souls and put it into like a 2D side scroller pixel art kind of um look mm. and give it like heavy 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 catholic vibes. Okay. So like I- I'm a picturing lot of Helsing, catholic Christian thing abridged. Yeah, basically Helsing <laughs> abridged but like serious. <laughs> so Helsing a 2D platforming. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> It's it's really good. Like the mechanics are, the mechanics are solid. Mm. You need to figure out your timings. It's very Dark Souls inspired. You can tell, mm. like right off. So are these like, are they always uh, platformers? Like is that the idea? Like usually, the, usually. Two D platformers. The um, they usually two D platformers. I mean, there are some games um which are also kind of towards the Metroidvania aspect, like Dark Souls three and um, Fallen Order, uh, because they have a huge uh, they have a huge uh, thing of like exploration, solving puzzles to get through certain stages and so on. Mm. But like, so they're also kind of called Metroidvanias that classified under that at least on Steam, mm. and. and they definitely take a lot of influence from the metroidvania genre hmm. um or or like from games like castlevania ninja gaiden like by ninja gaiden i mean like the nes ninja gaiden it's not the xbox um games that came out so like they take influence from castlevania ninja gaiden um the metroid series but you know obviously it's 3d it's a bit more open world you have a lot more to do in terms of like the dimensions through which you can travel in the game uh so i personally wouldn't really call them metroidvanias cuz i think to me at least i think it has to be in a 2d format otherwise i i mean obviously i realize that there's a lot of similarities but when you bring in the 3d element it moves away from metroidvanias to just being like a 3d uh a 3d platformer slash you know like a hack and slash yeah yeah i see, I see what you mean like yeah. of course like a better is like games that are close enough to the the metroid like feel but just try to make it 3d where you still like even if it's in 3d you might feel like it's it like it fits into the same category but primarily you you're mostly seeing like platformers right because what i'm picturing yeah. right now is i i i didn't have a clear idea of metroid metroidvanias before this but like say mobas like uh yeah like yeah. like battle arena games like league of legends or dota There's also a game Smite, which mm-hmm. is basically taking like the top, like instead of the top-down view that you have in League or Dota, it puts mm-hmm. you into a first-person or third-person view of the character, and you're running around and there's 
five different gods with five different types of powers fighting against another yeah. team similarly it's kind of what it's kind of what overwatch also does right? yeah. like you have like a five fiver yeah it's a five on five squad yeah right? yeah yeah so overwatch and smite do similar things in that they're mobas but the the view completely changes so people don't really classify them as you know mobas yeah, technically yeah yeah like even but smite no, no, smite i've heard people classifying as a moba but when overwatch, overwatch went into more of yeah. a because like smite was very clearly like very similar control schemes very similar mm-hmm. uh overwatch like went ideas more towards like csgo yeah. yeah kind of csgo shoot, squad based yeah they, they they sort of like used the terminology and like marketed themselves more as a shooter with like different roles but but i still i still i mean if we're calling smite a moba then i think overwatch also kind of falls yeah, in yeah, the technicality there's no black and white for these categories yeah but i'm just like trying to understand where they um... yeah so so on technicalities alone i would say like games like fallen order and dark siders 3 aren't metroidvanias yeah. because the way i see it metroidvanias have to be 2 2d or 2.5d right um but you know i i think they capture a very similar feel and honestly even even games like dark souls capture almost exactly the same kind of aesthetic that castlevania and metroid go for in my opinion at least because um it's it's not the same mechanics dark souls doesn't really put an emphasis on platforming because you mm. can't jump right in mm. dark souls games <laughs> even in bloodborne and all i don't think you can jump like you can you can kind of grapple you can do things like that but you don't jump um so platforming obviously isn't um it isn't a focus in the game mm. but um you know dark souls as a series prides itself on giving you uh, that that feeling of loneliness of being stuck in like an unforgiving really really tough world mm. the difficulty of the game isn't just for difficulty's sake it's to bring you into the world itself it's to immerse you in the fact that you are in a world dominated by these um, you know unbelievably powerful monsters and gods and so on and you have to find your way to survive mm. so the difficulty is because of that and you have to explore you have to like truly find your place yeah and the game doesn't really think, tell you what to do like a lot yeah, of other there's games there's no hand holding at yeah. all there's no hand holding Uh, like a lot of other games you get like pointers you get like a compass to show you where to go yeah. you know you get waypoints and so on dark souls doesn't have a map system it doesn't have anything like that you just have to know you have to remember where you went you have to figure out where the next bonfire is yeah on like minimal resources yeah like i, I remember like getting dark souls for the first time without having much context of what it was yeah yeah you so just spawn into tough. the game and i think like literally a minute after they teach you the the basic controls like there's just like this one segment where they just make sure you know like how to move no exactly what no yeah. just like know how to move it's just like press w to go forward press space to roll yeah, or something like that uh, yeah yeah they show you how to move how to how to roll and how to attack uh, and then the moment you step past the first bonfire there's like asylum demon that comes yeah yeah i don't i don't know the name <laughs> but i don't like, know okay, yeah there's just like a folk like do you go left to go right i just picked one and then all of a sudden this is giant rotating monster i'm like oh, oh no maybe not that way yeah <laughs> so uh in dark souls one if i remember like immediately after the first bonfire you step into like a courtyard and this huge demon just jumps down in front of you so my first thought is obviously oh okay 
I have to kill it, right? Yeah, 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 exactly. You know, because in other games, you see a big boss like this, you're like, oh, okay, this is the first test of my skills. This thing one-shots me. Yeah. And I'm like, oh, wait, so am I supposed to fight it? And then you respawn. <laughs> it one-shots me. And then you respawn yeah. weaker than you were before because like Dark Souls has that punishment system where they reduce your maximum think, health every time you die. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't know if that's uh, Dark Souls or just Dark Souls 2. Maybe Dark Souls 2. I'm not 2. sure. Yeah. Yeah, I think Dark Souls 2 alone. That was the one I played. Yeah. Yeah, that was the first Dark Souls I played as well. And I was just like, I got so disheartened because I tried killing a rat and it demolished me. And I'm like, why is a rat killing me? This is like a slime killing me in Dragon Quest or something. Yeah. So I quit the game immediately. <laughs> I'm like, I'm not playing this. <laughs> But the thing but then is, I went like, back to recently, and yeah, it's, like, it's it's a really fun game. The the way they designed that game, it really gives people like a sense of exploration and, and accomplishment when you do beat those monsters. That uh, yeah, like a lot of other yeah. games that do that hand holding and make it easy for you, don't provide because like you really yeah, feel like I, you've toughed it out and beat this. Yeah, and like finding another checkpoint or like in the game bonfires to save your progress, like be able to respawn. Mm -hmm. That feeling like, oh, now I'm saved. You don't really feel that in games which are much easier and you're just like going from story point to story point. Yeah, honestly, I would say Dark Souls is more of like a horror game than like an actual action adventure thing. Yeah. It just feels more like a horror thing because like yeah. you are scared every second you're away from a bonfire. Yeah. And the further away, the, fur the further away you've gone, the more you've exhausted your resources, the more you're like, Oh God! What if ne what if around the corner there's just like a boss right. and I have to fight it and I have one like healing potion or whatever left? Yeah. You know you're you're like you're like in a constant state of stress, and every time you beat a boss and like reach another place where you where you're safe, you just feel so much more relieved. You're like oh God, okay, I I got through that. Thank God, I got through that. There's like a real sense of accomplishment, which other um, other games that try to uh, take a take like inspiration from the Soul series, like I would say Dark Siders Three mm. falls the it's the biggest victim of this problem in that it it holds your hand too much. Okay. And there's no real like like when you beat a boss, like sure it feels great because obviously you've beaten a boss, but after a few like. You will you probably die the first couple of times, but within the third time you you know the entire attack pattern of mm. the boss, and there's never there's never a moment where you're like really stressed. Mm. Which I think you know, um, Dark Souls always manages to give you that feeling of stress, even when you know the boss's movements. Mm. You you are constantly trying to like keep yourself safe. You're so limited on resources, whereas in Dark Souls Three you kind of can just buy as many healing shards as you want. You only have to wait for a cooldown on them. You're kind of safe that way. And it's pretty easy to get your health restored. It's pretty easy to do all of that. Yeah. And, and that's not to say it's an easy game or like it's a bad game. I think it's... I really love the Darksiders franchise. But I think it falls the biggest prey to trying to emulate the Dark Souls feel, mm -hmm. but not understanding why it has those things. Why it has that element of fear and like stress in it. Or maybe they do understand, but I think maybe they just like targeted a slightly different share of the ga the gamer market. Like 
perhaps Dark Souls was a bit too hardcore for most people. So they wanted but people... But in that case, so the way I see it is Darksiders 2 is a masterpiece. Hmm. Right? It, for me, it's one of the best games ever made because the, the combat is so good. The way the game looks is so different. It's so unique. But... If they wanted to target a different audience, they already had like a, a winning formula on Darksiders 2. They already had a phenomenal platform to build on. But they they changed it entirely to resemble the Soul series more. Mm-hmm. This, this comes through even in the kind of post-apocalyptic uh, kind of um, atmosphere of the game itself, the setting that the game is in, an earth ravaged by the war between heaven and hell. So they're definitely trying to emulate a lot of Dark Souls' aesthetic and, you know, gameplay designs, boss designs, and so on. But they're not... I, either they didn't understand exactly what... Like, they weren't able to put their finger exactly on the pulse of Dark Souls. Or, you know, they, they kind of just weren't able to implement it properly. Mm. And either way, it shows that there is a certain deficiency in how they've understood that kind of game. So, so I, I love it. I really think Darksiders 3 is a good game. There's, there's, I think there's nothing I can say that says it's a bad game. But it's not up there with Darksiders 2, and it's not up there with Dark Souls. It's, it's somewhere in the middle, and it misses the mark on both ends. Yeah. So it, it fails to you know, meet its, its, its influences, which is sad. I think that's the fate of a lot of sequels as well, though, where yeah. it's like they achieve like a certain level of success with one game and they might feel unclear whether they should just like recreate the same energy again and if that will keep people like the players invested or if it will just make it boring like it's just a clone of the previous game with a slightly different setting because i do feel that with with a lot of ubisoft games especially when you play a bunch of the assassin's creed uh, or far cry games it really starts to all like blend in. It feels like the same game and yeah. just like different. Uh... It falls off after a time, right? Like I think the last genuinely great Assassin's Creed game I played was Assassin's Creed 4. And everything I've played after that kind of, it didn't feel as good to play. Even if the mechanics were better and so on, it didn't feel as rewarding to play as Assassin's Creed 4. Yeah, so that's um, what I'm talking about. Like I feel like yeah. games like Unity were great. Uh, but the thing is, we've already gotten used to playing like five games exactly very similar with like mm-hmm. minimal improvements every time. Where we're yeah. like, we kind of get the gist of it. We are used to the gameplay. It's not that not new. The setting is nice. Mm-hmm. It's cool to be, say, in France or the, the US Civil War or South America or wherever they set the next game. But... The game is too too similar to what I'm used to, and yeah, it's just boring. Like what more are you adding? Yeah, yeah. Right? Give us something new. I think that way, I think that way, um, Origins and Odyssey and now Valhalla, they're trying to do something different. But I feel the way they're going, they're not really an Assassin's Creed game anymore. Yeah. <laughs> you know, the focus isn't on assassination anymore. It's more like it's more like The Witcher or Skyrim, but not Skyrim. It's more like The Witcher, um, like Dark Siders Three. You know, it's one of those, it's, it's an RPG hack and slash. And that's not to say that that's a bad thing. I, I love playing Odyssey. I thought, you know, it was so much fun to go through. Mm-hmm. And there's definitely a decent bit of customization and everything. 
but at some level it's not as rewarding to play as uh, assassin's creed 4 or 3 or 2 or 1 you know, yeah, that's because we played like, those games, but like I get that they yeah. might just be like looking at. Let's take it in a different direction. Yeah, yeah. I I don't deny it. I think you know, like I said, I do enjoy them. I think Odyssey was a really fun game. Mm. I haven't gotten around to Valhalla yet, but I'm sure I'll enjoy it. Because mm. I mean, the one thing I can give Ubisoft is, even if there are gigantic bugs, as long as you don't encounter those bugs, the games are usually pretty fun. Yeah. Like the the triple A titles that they put, yeah. like the Assassin's Creed kind of thing, usually they're they're not bad. Like even Far Cry Five, while I didn't think it was as good as Far Cry Three, it was fine. It was a pretty fun time. Which one was Five? I liked was it. Five the US? Uh... Yeah, the US one with the Doomsday Cult. Yeah, 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 I actually really liked that game, especially because they had a full, like completely playable co-op mode. Because there's yeah, a very I few mean, games that have the like the ability to to have multiple people playing the entire story mm-hmm. of the game. Yeah. Because yeah. most games that have co-op either are like those indie platformer type games or like really simple games that it's easy to have co-op with and it's not really story-driven games. Or yeah. it's, it's like how Tsushima did it where it's just a completely different co-op mode which is just like, it's almost mm-hmm. like mini games where you, you don't really get to explore the world, you don't really get to play the entire thing. So, mm-hmm. it was really cool to see that Far Cry made sure that everything can be done with mul- multiple people. Yeah, and like, the antagonist was pretty good. Mm. Like, again, I, I didn't like that. Like I had a lot of issues with the story and the setting itself, yeah. and the villain was not convincing. But the fact that they added that alone was enough to make me really enjoy playing the game but not necessarily oh, yeah, enjoy mean, the story. Like, that's the thing, right? Like, Far Cry 3 had such a strong base. Yeah. Like, it set such a strong base for the series. You can't really go wrong as long as you keep those fundamentals. Yeah. And they they so, might have made it into a formula too much, which is what yeah, I felt with that's, Far Cry that's, 5. That's, that's, that's the big problem I felt with, like, Far Cry 4 and Far Cry 5. Um, 4, I didn't get past, I didn't get past, I think, half the campaign. Hmm. Because it just felt too much like um, the latter half of Far Cry 3. It didn't have the the pure menace of hearing Vass on the radio or like, you know, you didn't feel the threat mm. um, of Vass. You just felt this deranged madman who's so kind of um, alienated from his own conflict. Yeah. And at that point, you know, I would rather play a different game. Mm-hmm. It doesn't feel like I want. It doesn't. It doesn't kind of bring me into the game itself. Yeah. And I think that's that's for me. That's what really makes a great game. Like the sense of immersion that it gives you. Um, and sometimes, sometimes it doesn't happen immediately. I think um, when I was playing Fallout, uh, when I was playing Hollow Knight the first time, mm. I didn't. I didn't get like. I didn't get a sense of immersion. But then, I put my headphones on. I sat at like two in the morning you know, absolute, like, almost bone tired, you know, and, like, put the headphone, put my headphones on, turn the music up, it was quiet around me, and I started playing Hollow Knight, and it's, it's such an ethereal experience, it's such a good game, it's, it's, it's again, a Metroidvania, it really goes into, mm. like, it really leans into the Metroidvania aspect, mm. and, like, immersion is also why I love Witcher 3, and Skyrim, and, um, 
games like that so much like because they really drag you into the world yeah. they make you play the character and not just you know not just sit idly by you know you really fall into the character your choices have some level of consequence the the kind of skill trees you pick and the kind of weapons you choose and everything make a lot of difference in how you can approach the combat and i i think that way you know and, and even even games like dark souls right because the point of the the point of the difficulty is immersion you are drawn into the game and i think that's that's what makes that's what separates a good game from a great game for me a good game is merely one where i think oh yeah mechanics are fine decent enough story like far cry 4 and 5 are good games far cry 3 for me at least goes up into great because because you know it pulls me into the the shoes of like a kid lost in you know the philippine kind of jungle or wherever it's you know kind of set he's lost in there and he's against this dude who's like off his head And Vas is one of the best villains, I think, in like the past couple of decades yeah, yeah. in video game history. In he's entertainment, to be villain. honest, like it, he's on par yeah. with like those, like say the Joker in the Dark Knight. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> he's really, really fun. Like I, I mean, I forget who the voice actor is, but honestly, such a good performance. Like you, like whenever you hear Vas, you're like, oh wow, this dude commands the scene. for me at least the way i look at it emotion comes either through the environment mm. or the character itself both i'd say yeah both obviously is like the best way to go like witcher 3 had a phenomenal character and a beautiful environment um a uh, hollow knight doesn't have as much of like character lore mm. it's just a phenomenally beautiful environment that like really puts you into it mm. you know mm. like you feel mm. um as if you're you're journeying through this place you're trying to find you know you're trying to find remnants of lost civilization so on so forth yeah. and same thing with dark souls there's no character lore itself mm. it's more of the world itself the environment is built up for you mm. so witcher 3 is both character and environment dark souls is like only environment and then you have games like far cry 3 where there's only character and it's not that character has to be only the protagonist the protagonist can be an empty blank vessel mm. but if you have a really good antagonist that's also a character emotion yep. like the bioshock series not to spoil anything but the bioshock series at least bioshock 1 has a phenomenal antagonist and like through the game there's this there's this kind of conditioning that he puts you through and it's only at the very end that you really realize oh wow this dude has been playing me throughout the campaign and i never noticed mm-hmm. and like he cap so like the game captures you in that sense of immersion like it's also a beautifully done environment sequence of course like bioshock 2 is bioshock bioshock 2 are great but it's also the the antagonist character who really brings you in yeah I feel like a lot of like there's one like fascinating thing is we haven't uttered a word about graphics, like because I don't think it's all that important. Yeah, sure. I mean, a game has to look good. But like you know, I think the thing good. is, good does not mean does not necessarily mean realistic. 
because yeah, I, yeah. I feel like a lot of the game industry especially like the big studios are really pushing for that hyper realistic like perfectly but, simulated I mean, materials I, and I stuff like that which... i don't want that like i mean it's great if a game can look really realistic yeah. i mean if it fits within the the if it fits within the purpose of the game itself right. like like to go back to plague tale it fits within plague tale to be realistic because it's a it's kind of a recreation of the um, the the black plague and you know the kind of french and english society of that time yeah. makes sense there but i don't want legend of zelda to be realistic that exactly. makes no sense exactly because you're an, you're like you're like an elf kid fighting a giant pig demon warlord guy why would i want hyper realism there make it stylized make it cartoonish make it like that and i think that way a beautiful game doesn't need to be realistic mm. and a realistic game doesn't need to be beautiful mm. and there's there's so much talk about like graphical fidelity and you know the fact of ray tracing and all that stuff and i'm like look it's great right don't get me wrong yeah 4k 120 cool fps with ray tracing like i mean it's cool to have i think yeah i mean i'd love to play a game that's like that but at the same time if your game looks like if it has a purpose mm. to why it looks a certain way mm. then it usually turns out looking good mm. like like um i want to step back to anyone... i want to step back to yakuza cuz yeah. like they do not have amazing graphics Uh, absolutely not yeah and you can <laughs> it's it's pretty mediocre like especially yeah. in terms of like character animations a lot of the characters do essentially the exact same animations uh the people you meet on the st- like the street thugs who randomly try to come and beat you up they all move the exact same way the npc i heard it called um, npc i heard it called as the sega syndrome yeah yeah, yeah. Like the, the, they look the they have like weird movements yeah, yeah, yeah. which no real human being would ever do exactly and but the thing is like all the character like the actual npcs that you interact with the people who give you uh like requests and quests and the the story uh, side characters and the main characters as well all of them have such depth of character and yeah can like like you can see why they would do something or or like before they even do it or just like by getting to know that character you understand what they're like as a person then yeah you get to know their motives the the reason for why they do actions um a bit of the back story usually and like i mean i don't want to spoil anything because i think people really should play at least yakuza 0 because mm. story wise it is so good mm. but the character conflicts are laid out so interesting mm. in zero especially mm. like well especially majima you know yeah like yeah. his character conflict his growth you know like the the convictions mm. they laid out they laid out so well and you really get why he has his set of beliefs okay. and you know it's such a good game like just story wise and graphical fidelity has nothing to do with it. yeah exactly I but mean, like if i if i had to coming to graphics like there is a part of it because they have created a very convincing uh environment like a city yeah. that looks like the center of tokyo and one that looks like osaka they ha- it looks alive yeah it looks very convincing whether you've been to those cities or not like 
you you're convinced that these are real places like you can imagine like yeah. oh yeah this would be how buildings would be in this area and like people would live like this yeah. this is the kind of clothing they wear and these are the kind of shops you'd see it feels like an actual city that people would live in and you hear npc side conversations yeah. and everything like the bubbles pop up and it's talking about stuff that you know regular regular people would talk about like oh i stepped in a puddle and like you know my sh- my socks are wet yeah like right outside a bar they're talking about stuff like that which makes sense yeah 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 like yeah i mean that would that would ruin your night outside a bar if you stepped in a puddle like it would absolutely suck you have a wet sock for the rest of the night it's horrible and like it makes it makes a city feel all the more real mm-hmm. despite you know the character animations themselves not looking very polished you know and like the the combat being a bit jank at times yeah but that's but that's the, not really what draws us into yeah that's not the focus yeah. and i i i think you know it's it's so interesting the like the various um, approaches certain games take like you have a game like witcher 3 which has pretty solid combat mm. as well as a really good story and great characters mm. you have games like yakuza which have kind of okay combat it can be very hit or miss yeah. but you have amazing character development and a city that feels alive mm. you have games like gta 5 which kind of balance you know both environment characters open endedness everything it balances all of that mm-hmm. and then finally you have games like far cry 3 which you know character wise other than vast it falls a little short but the gunplay feels so much fun you know and like the fact that you have to scrounge for resources and so on to an, i mean to some extent sparkry 3 does drop off in difficulty at, at some point yeah but but it's still an enjoyable game to play you have some level of open endedness which the other games don't have in my opinion and it's so interesting to figure out what really connects all of these to be great games and at, at some level i don't think it's just subjective like i mean i'm sure i like different games mm. from like you mm. or like from my brother mm. but regardless all of us would have similar categories to say what is a good game and what is it mm. it's just that personal taste about the art style and so on influence you know how we also get into those games hey. i i recognize dark souls as a great game but it's not a game for me because i don't enjoy that kind of like like hardcore chaos mm. that it is like the stress that it puts you through because i just want to be able to enjoy the process of play yeah and i i it's it's not the sort of thing that like feels rewarding to me but yeah like knowing how the game works having played it having seen other people playing that game like i perfectly like i i really do recognize like that's a good game and in that way i guess there are parts of it that are not really subjective like i i feel like across the board anyone would be able to like deduct points from a game for being buggy for having yeah. like poorly designed gameplay mechanics or uh, just things I that i think are... like like just as an example i think across the board we can say that while that while there are certain parts of cyberpunk 27 2077 that are ambitious and great mm. ultimately it falls short of its promises mm. right like it falls short at very serious levels because of the kind of bugs it was mm. you know released with the lack of open endedness and so on and so forth and the things that it promised and it didn't deliver on mm. 
like that that's kind of objectively yeah they promised a huge uh like an incredibly massive open uh city Completely and, and run- interactable city yeah kind of yeah you would you would be able to you know figure out um graphic patterns and so on and so forth yeah but at the and end we didn't really we didn't really see anything that was mm-hmm. anything beyond say gta 5 which was a few years before that already yeah, yeah, yeah. i think gta 5 was what 2015 yeah i think so something around that time jesus it's been five years six <laughs> if it was 2015 it's been six but yeah yeah, yeah, yeah. But like, we didn't really see anything that pushed it that far beyond. So, the disappointment in that game, primarily, I feel like, was not meeting ex- expectations. If it was just, oh, this is a cyberpunk-themed open-world game that we are like really proud of the storyline and it's gonna be a I lot of fun. I think people would have been fine. People with it, yeah. probably would have enjoyed the game. Would have sold great. Yeah. And I mean, it's also why Unity and um, Syndicate kind of had such rough patches, right? Because they came with huge, huge problems. And on top of that, I don't feel they added anything meaningful to the Assassin's Creed franchise in terms of mechanics, in terms of uh, stealth, in terms of even character development and so on. Like, there were bits that were done really well, but at the same time, it didn't feel like it added meaningfully to a franchise that was anyway kind of using Steam. Mm. Yeah, yeah. Like clearly, like overpromising and underdelivering is like the. It's a cardinal <laughs> sin to me. Like, like make sure you manage your expectations. <laughs> but like we see it in 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 gaming all the time. No Man's Sky was massive, more because of the controversy of them not being able to like create. A game where you can explore mm-hmm. almost infinite but they, planets. But they clawed it back. But yeah. I'm so happy they clawed it back and they they promised like they yeah. delivered everything they promised so far. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's taken like, taken it's a few years, else. but like just the absolute like downtake that they got as soon as it oh, came yeah, out, yeah. and people were like, "Wait, this is just it's just a bad version of Minecraft." Yeah, but they, they I, I, I absolutely respect Hello Games because they clawed it back mm. without without any, you know, like, without any excuses. They straight up said, oh yeah, we messed up, we overpromised, we mm. weren't able to deliver, mm. our fault. Let's try and fix that. Give us give us feedback, tell us what's wrong, mm. tell us what's not working, and we'll work on it. We'll, set, we'll try to fix it. And they're releasing constant updates, they're releasing content for the game. I think that's a phenomenal job. Mm. On the other hand, you have Fallout 76. Very similar story, you know? Um, as Todd Howard said, <laughs> four times the size of Fallout 4, mm. 16 times the detail. Mm. <laughs> you know, these are like verbatim things he said in E3, if I remember. And when it came out, it was a buggy mess. And they had so many controversies regarding, you know, the, the promotional items that came with the deluxe orders, like they were supposed to give out a canvas bag and like new Coca-Cola um, and so on and so forth. And those things came out as completely shoddy, cost-cutting nylon bags and like a plastic shell over like a glass bottle of rum kind of thing. And it's, and it's just like, okay, dude, this isn't just over-promising and under-delivering. This is like, this is almost fraudulent at this point, right? Right. I mean, I'm not. I'm not trying to be. I'm not trying to make strong um, 
or strong accusations here, but it feels wrong when I'm saying things like this. And there's there hasn't seemed to be the kind of giant uptick or um, redemption arc, so to speak, that Hello Games had. Mm. Bethesda hasn't been able to pull out, you know, that kind of redemption arc because they burnt their trust so quickly. In 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 the case of Fallout seventy six, I'm sure you know. There are other games that they've released, like Doom Eternal and so on, which were, you know, fine. They were great games. I think we've, yeah, we've, I mean, we've, we've spoken quite a bit about games where, like, the environment and the story and the, that, that's the, the characters have been important. Mm-hmm. But I've really enjoyed games where just, they take, like, one gameplay mechanic and really, like, crank it up to the notch, especially, like, smaller indie games and create like a really, really enjoyable experience out of it. For example? I've been playing this uh, game, uh, this indie rhythm game called Rhythm Doctor. Where called? Rhythm Doctor. Rhythm Doctor. So you're, uh-huh. you're basically a doctor that is treating patients with some sort of like heart problem and their mm-hmm. heartbeat is irregular and you need to sort of like push it back into being in a regular state of being. And that is like the, the setting, but the game is basically a, a rhythm game. There's just one button for controls. Like you just tap the space bar. So the way the game works is like you have these like, like levels, each level is a different patient that you're treating. And for that patient, there's like a song that plays. So their heartbeat is synchronized to the song and for like say let's say one section of the levels the heartbeat would go one two three four five six seven and then you need to hit it hit the space bar on the seventh beat and oh yeah so the song okay okay it's a it's a timing based yeah yeah it's a rhythm game so like on rhythm yeah yeah so it's timing based and like a song plays the 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 beat is to the to to the beat of the song and then you just need to tap Uh every uh say seventh beat or fourth beat or so on. But sometimes because they have like, like different issues and ailments, like they wouldn't have a heartbeat for every single beat on the song. And you need to just mm-hmm. like keep, keep in track with the music and get used to it. So it gets kind of difficult, especially in like the boss battles where they intentionally try to screw up, screw with you. Yeah. And I, I, I've not played any, like, I'm not a rhythm game guy. Mm. I, I tend to prefer games with, like, I wouldn't say complex mechanics, but, like, a slight variation in mechanics. Mm. The only thing that's kind of similar to this kind of thing that I've played is uh, Fury. Fury? So, Fury, yeah, Fury is, like, um, it's it's a fairly indie kind of game where, you know, it, it's, it, I don't know how to describe it. It goes from, like, a top-down shooter to um, a first person or, or a third person hack and slash kind of view and it's just almost like a boss rush but it's it's basically just two mechanics one is you dodge and fire blasts and the second is you parry and attack there's basically just two or three very simple mechanics and the entire point of the game is to just make sure you're polished in that hmm. and it's it's so much fun like that game is I've, I've, I think I've finished I've finished Dark Souls 1 I've played Dark Souls 2 
Um, I played Dark Souls 2 till like halfway. I finished Darksiders 2 on like the toughest difficulty. I finished Darksiders 3 on the toughest difficulty. Okay, we get it. None of these games, no, no, no. None of these games challenged me as much as Fury. Yeah. Fury, I rage quit before the second boss because I just couldn't get through. Name <laughs> it's, it's a really tough, it's, it's a fun game, okay. man. It really is fun, but it's so difficult. But like, I, I really I, enjoy like, these I, games with like very simple controls or yeah. mechanics, like, because I feel like it really pushes the game developer to like think of new ways of keeping us engaged when it's so simple. Yeah. Yeah. It, it's, it's like you have to be creative, like if yeah. not with the mechanics, then with how you have to use them. Yeah. Yeah. And it's, it's why, it's why certain puzzle games also are so, I think it's why Breath of the Wild had has such an impact hmm. especially in like the speedrunning community and so on because you're given a very 